Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Okay, I got a question for you. I got a question. I need you to fill in the blank. Do me a favor. Fill in the blank to this one. It goes like this. I will be happy when. And you fill in that blank. I'll be happy when and fill in the blank. What's coming up? I'll be happy when COVID ends. I'll be happy when I get the job. I'll be happy when my husband cleans up. I'll be happy when my kids listen to me. All of those things, no matter what it is that you can put into that sentence, I'll be happy when. I think they're all really contingent upon one thing, and it's you being able to say exactly what it is that'll make you happy. Whether you say it to yourself, whether you say it out loud, whether you say it on social media, whether you're whatever you're saying, it has to be said. What does that mean? Well, let's go back a little bit. I find this ironic. I started my Speak Up course in 2015, 2016, right around that time. And it's ironic because I named it Speak Up because it was initially meant for entrepreneurs and people to learn how to speak about their products, to speak about their business, to speak about their the things that meant the most to them in terms of making money. And isn't it funny how here we are in 2021 and speak up all of a sudden means a lot more. Speak up means, hey, you know what? It, it's time. It's time for you to stop being silent, for you to stop just quieting all of the things that you feel so strongly about and just hoping and wishing that they work themselves out because a lot of the times they won't. They won't. So I asked that question in the book I'm, I'm writing right now. I asked that question, I will be happy when, and I say fill in the blank. Now, if we go back to the turned on book, here's a connection. And it's a quote. There's a, there's a fictional character. His name is Lemony Snicket. And I love this because it, it talks about fate. In other words, if you don't speak up, then you are falling victim to fate. Agreed? And here's what Lemony Snicket, the fictional character, says about fate. He says, fate is like a strange, unpopular restaurant filled with odd little waiters who bring you things 
that you never asked for and don't particularly like. That's fate. And I love it because we need metaphors. We need analogies. And so if I, if I, if you picture yourself right now in a restaurant and it's this weird restaurant and there's these weird little waiters and they're coming up and they're bringing you things. And you're like, I didn't want that. I didn't ask for that. Well, then speak up. What did you want? If you've ever been out to dinner with somebody and like, well, this is not what I asked for. Like, well, what did you ask for? That's the next question. Well, let's take that to your life right now on every level because speak up has become, yes, it is primarily a voice for you to speak life into your business. But right now, more than ever, you need to be able to articulate yourself, your feelings, your thoughts, your intentions. Articulate yourself to your family, to your spouse, to your neighbor, to the world. And on the stage right now, we're seeing that people who can articulate thoughts, people who can take their feelings and put it into words and speak them in a way where others listen, those people will be what? More successful. Okay, so what I'm going to do this, this episode is I'm going to give you a little sneak peek into Speak Up. I'm going to teach you some of the things that are most important. Now, these things that you will take and you will hear, you will say, aha. I love aha moments. That means you get it. And most of life is stuff that we already know that we just need to shine the light on and say, of course, I get that. So let's talk a little bit about Speak Up and what it could mean to your business, to your family, and more importantly, to the world right now. First things first, let's talk about something that has to do with your favorite person. And that is who? It's you. It's you. You're your favorite person. So I want to ask you a question. What do people say about you when you leave the room? When you're at a party, when you're in a Zoom call, when you're in a meeting, what are they saying? Author Dory Clark asked this. She goes, understanding that and identifying any gaps between your current reality and where you want to be in the future is critical to beginning this reinvention process. So I believe we're always reinventing ourselves, right? And right now you're probably reinventing your business, you're reinventing your relationships, and certainly we're reinventing uh, how we communicate because we're in a difficult time. So what are people saying when you leave the room and where are the gaps between who you want to be and how you want to be understood and where you are right now? And this goes back to psychology. So if you've ever taken a psychology course, I'm guessing that you've heard of the term self-actualization, okay? Self-actualization, and there's two parts of that. There's your ideal self, which is who you want to be, who you'd like to be. So think about that, listener, right now. Who is your ideal self? How do they speak? How do people look at them? How do they carry themselves in a room? When they come into a Zoom meeting, or when they come into a party, or when you come into the office. What does it look like? How do you sound? Is it confident? Is it clear? Is it engaging? Is it funny? Is it intelligent? Is it inviting? All those things. 
That's your ideal self. And then there's the actual self. That's that's who you are. So I like to tell people a really easy thing is we usually see our ideal self at night, right before we go to bed. If you're like me, right before you go to bed, you're in this state of mind where like, oh, there's so much hope. Like, this is what I want to do. When I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to get the book done. I'm going to speak like this. I'm going to I'm going to exercise like this. I'm going to lead my family like this. And then sometimes life happens and you get thrown off and then your actual self. So psychologist Carl Rogers believe that humans have one basic motive, and that's the tendency to want to self-actualize. And that means to fulfill your potential and achieve the highest level of, of what, what he calls uh, human beingness, which is funny, a funny word. But basically what it says, it's you want to fulfill your potential. We can all understand what that is. You had dreams when you were a kid. I work with people who are always either reinventing themselves or want to go to the next level. That is basically what he's saying here. People who are looking to fulfill their potential. And everyone at some point goes, is this what I was here for? Is this what, especially believers, is this what God made me for? What did God make you for? You know it. And and sometimes we can have those dreams ripped apart. And then we say, well, I'm not where I want to be. That's okay. I'm here to tell you that most people that come in to speak up are not where they want to be. That's why they take it. Because they have this, this ideal self, this person they dreamed of, and the person is confident. The person speaks well. The person demands attention. They attract an audience. They influence people. But it's not happening. You can get there. I'm going to tell you one thing that's probably holding you back. It's called meta-perception. This is something we talk about and speak up in week one. Meta-perception is defined. It's how a person views other people's views of them. I got to say it again because you got to think about it. Meta perception is how a person views other people's views of them. It's essentially how an individual perceives other people's perceptions of themselves. So we know what perception is. That's what I see in front of me. We know what self perception is. That's who I believe myself to be. But meta perception is like this mirror that you're showing on the world. Like, what do they think about me? And I always use George Costanza as my meta-perception poster boy. He was always so worried. He was always interpreting things. Did she like me? Why didn't she like me? Was it something I said? Do I have to lie about what I do for a living? Do I have to wear a wig to prove that I have hair? Do I have to, you know, he even bought John Voight's car because he wanted to seem important, (laughs) if you remember that episode. But meta-perception will kill your dreams. Because if you're always in your head worrying about what other people are thinking, then you're always going to be subject to that. And and look, you're never completely beat it. It's normal. We need validation. We need to know that what we're putting out there is working. But there's a difference between getting um, a test and saying, hey, look, I'm going to test this speech or I'm going to say this and see what the reaction is, then constantly be beating yourself up. Does that make sense to you guys? We cannot constantly be beating ourselves up. 
we need to have this type of ambition. Okay? We, we need to know that what we want out of life is indeed right around the corner, but it does take work. It does take an ability to more than ever in this day and age, right now I'm telling you, to articulate yourselves. We have to. Those who articulate themselves the best and who can complete sentence, who are care sentences, who are charismatic, who can create either a, a movement, we see it in the church, a movement, we see it in the government, a movement, we see it within our own households. This is what we can do. So the first step is get the heck out of your head and stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. Stop worrying about what your neighbors thinks. Life has little opportunity for those who worry most about what their neighbors think. So then we have to ask ourselves another question. Where are we in this particular world? What does your job look like? Now, your parents' job, more importantly, your great-grandparents' job or your grandparents' job was completely different. Okay, we are in a different time when the ability to articulate thoughts, the ability to stir feelings, the ability to gather people around a common cause with your charisma, with your actions and your words and your mindset and research, it will do amazing things for you. So one of the people I really like to chat with every once in a while is my friend Joel Brown. He runs the Addicted to Success um, website. And Joel says this about where we are right now in our world. He says, our grandparents and parents grew up in the industrial age. Most of us grew up in the information age, but today's students and entrepreneurs are looking for a spiritual connection to their work. Okay. Anything you're interested in, you'll find others who are also interested in that but how will you tell your story and sell your brand? So people today, and we know it with millennials, they don't just want to get up and punch a clock. They want to have meaning to their work. They want to, they want to be a difference in the world. And that is so admirable, and I love it. And there are people out there, no matter what you're into, that will feel the same. But how will you tell your story? How will you sell your brand? Okay, personality will win the day. I want you to think about this. I always love common sense. Do a couple of typical common sense things. Think about the last time you were at a party and who you gravitated to and why. Was it the quiet introvert? Think about who was the, the best joke teller that you know. I love this one. Think about the best joke teller that you know. Are they successful? Do they have do they have a lot of friends? Do they have uh, are they are they doing well in their job? I'm guessing the majority are. Okay, because personality counts. So when we go into speak up, we talk about look. Some people may think, well, what if I'm a surgeon or what if I work in computers? It doesn't matter. I've done the research. People that work in computers, people that work in technological industries, they still have to be able to share ideas. I know surgeons that I used to 
sell to that would have Christmas parties and nobody would want to come to their Christmas party because they had a terrible personality and they weren't pleasant to be around. So it goes from your work and your business, certainly into your social life. So there's always going to be a benefit, always, 1,000%. I guarantee it. There is always going to be a benefit to working on both your personality and the way in which you articulate your thoughts and ideas. Circle it, highlight it, mark it down. Here's another thing. Here's another easy test, common sense test. We have this little thing in our phones that we didn't have back in my day before we had cell phones. Little thing called caller ID. There's a little test you can do. Caller ID has changed the way we communicate because people see who's calling in before they pick up the phone. Back when I was growing up, the house phone rang. You had no idea. I got to pick it up. I don't know who that is. Hey, and then you're like, oh, no, it's Aunt Shirley. (laughs) In your mind, you're like, I got to talk to Aunt Shirley. She's going to talk my ear off, right? Well, now we have caller ID. So ask yourself this. If you're going to voicemail a lot, now, granted, sometimes don't take it to the extreme. Sometimes people are really busy. But you know this. There are certain people, when you look at your phone and their name pops up, you answer it. You just do. Sometimes, even if you're really busy, you're like, ooh, okay, and you answer it. The question is why? Why do you answer it? I'll tell you why I answer certain calls because I know those people usually call for a good reason. They usually are to the point. They usually can articulate their thoughts. And I know it's not going to be some frivolous junk, okay? Their personality, the way they communicate is important. You want to be the person when you call that people pick up the phone. You want to be the person that when you talk to people, they pick up the phone. You work on the way you communicate. You work on the way you share ideas. If you share ideas in a good way, if you communicate effectively, you're to the point. (laughs) You're to the point. Remember, that's a good sign. Okay? So the other part when we go into this now, we're talking about, let's review. We just talked about what? Metaperception, getting out of your own head. Then we talked about how important it is to know that there are other people like you that you need to be able to share thoughts and ideas with to be able to sell your brand and communicate your brand. But you need to work on your personality and the way you share ideas. That way people are more open to them. Even if it's something as silly as them picking up the phone when you call. Even if something as silly as them, hey, they'll come to my party. Or they want to join my team rather than somebody else's team. So then we get into the turned on concept of speak up. And turned on was this idea that Angelique and I had because we started to see so many people with their heads in their phones. We started to see so many people that had gone on what we call autopilot or cruise control where they were there, but they weren't there. Their body was there, but their mind was somewhere else. And so the easy thing was, hey, who around you looks like they're flipped on? That's where we got the turned on metaphor for. 
who looks like they're they're on and they're open for business. So this is where Speak Up really speaks to people who, if you want to increase your business, if you want to get better at sales, if you want to have people visit your website, if you want to make a difference on social media or even in politics or even uh, in your communities and the school boards, who's open for business? Who's heads up? Who's smiling? Who's listening to you? In other words, it's easy for that metaphor turned on to resonate with us when we think about the antithesis. Think about somebody you know right now who's turned off, who's on cruise control, who's on autopilot. They've checked out. Their life force has been compromised, (laughs) whether it's from video games or whether it's from just depression or whether it's from uh, apathy toward life, lack of effort. They're not happy where they are. They want to bring everybody else down with them. They're turned off. You are no doubt picturing someone right now and you're like, don't want to be that person. No. We have to develop the habits, and this is where it comes to be practice. Right now, in the COVID era, 90% of our communication will be done via electronics. Most of you, I mean, Zoom is like a household word. Zoom is like Band-Aid now, right? I mean, is there anybody out there in any quarter of the earth where you say, hey, are you going to get on a Zoom call? And they're like, what's Zoom? I mean, maybe, maybe not even Angelique's 98-year-old grandmother. She knows what Zoom is. We've Zoomed with her, okay? So there you go. So the question then becomes, if that's the way we're communicating now, and I, and I love communion and face-to-face communication, but that's not the way it is now. So let me give you a little example. I used to just train entrepreneurs and, and people who were in basically startups and things like that network marketing. And then when COVID hit in 2020, you had these major corporations who now took their sales force, their outside sales force and said, you guys are now doing everything in-house. You're going to do all your presentations via Zoom. So I work with Advent Healthcare. I work with Nationwide Insurance. And I was training people now how to be more effective on their Zoom calls in what I call the box. So the box, you know, your little Zoom box. The box is also something you can use on Instagram. That's your box. Anytime there's a screen, that is your box. For better or worse, that's where we're communicating. I hope it doesn't last, but that's where we're at. So how can you be more effective in that? You've been on Zoom calls where someone's boring you to death. It's like, it's like the teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You're like, oh, Bueller? Anybody? Bueller? And... I teach people to see with new eyes and listen with new ears. And one of the things we do is we watch people peripherally on our Zoom calls. And I can tell by people's body posture if they're interested. I can tell when people turn their camera off and they kind of sometimes they just check out. It's very hard to keep people's attention in a two-dimensional setting when we're used to being in three-dimensional settings. In other words, if I'm, if I'm trying to sell you on something or I have a business meeting with you and you and I are in the same room, you can't 
tune out. It's going to be hard. Plus, we have that three-dimensional feeling between us. But if we are on a two-dimensional screen, it takes away some of those emotions. It takes away some of the things that we're used to. So that's what we have to do next is we have to be able to tap into our emotions to be more effective. We have to practice and be bigger, not be more obnoxious. I'm not saying more loud, but we do have to switch the tone of our voice sometimes to get people's attention. Sometimes we want to be really excited. And sometimes we're just going to be talking to them. Sometimes we have to ask open-ended questions. Sometimes we have to have enrolling questions. How many of you guys have ever taken a course teaching you how to be a better public speaker? How many of you out there have ever thought about what it would be like to be more dynamic in front of your coworkers or your team? That's an enrolling question. How about a bold assumption? A bold assumption is this. I bet that you are losing 80% of your potential business and customers simply because you do not know how to articulate yourself well on camera and you have bad posture, bad lighting, and you are long-winded. That's a bold assumption. There are tools, my friends, to be a better, more effective communicator. And these tools will last you not only in your business, but they'll be more effective when you communicate in your home. And guess what? They're not going away. The investment that you would make now in a course like Speak Up and I say like it because take something. If it's not mine, take something else. But the investment that you would make in your personality, well, I'll give it, Warren Buffett says it could, it could increase your net worth by 50%. That's from Warren Buffett, not me. He, and I've said this a hundred times on the show probably. The Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett says, learning how to communicate effectively is the only thing that he knows that could increase your income by 50%. So let's get back into this emotional part of it and practice. I like that word practice. Well, some of you guys have heard of Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn says, take every advantage of every opportunity to practice your communication skills. So when those important occasions do arise where you have the ability to win somebody over, to win business, you have the gift, the style, the sharpness, the clarity, and the emotions to affect other people. I'm a big fan of politics, and I'll tell you this. I can tell you two or three politicians that I think would have been fantastic for the country, but they were just blah, (laughs) blah. Brilliant minds, terrible at articulating their vision and being passionate. And I can tell you other people who had zero ability to lead a country or to lead your state, but they were charismatic. And darn it, they won. Now, whether it's right or wrong, look, I think it's wrong. I I, I want, and I think you should want, the smartest, most capable people Not always the guy that tells the best jokes, like I said. Not always the guy that you want to have a beer with. 
but we have to tap into our emotions of people to connect with one another. So in my class, what I'll tell you to do is I'll give you a little heads up. We, we go over this one TED Talk, and this is one of the catalysts for me even starting this class. I saw this TED Talk, and I was like, man, this dude is spot on. Like, I, I can teach this stuff. I can make a living off teaching this stuff because I know exactly what he's talking about. And his name is Andrew Stanton, and he wrote a little movie called Toy Story and Wally. And he says, the one golden rule is this. Make me care. Make me care because we know what it's like to not care. So I'll ask you this right now. How much better would your life be if you can make people care? And, and go deep on that. If you can make your spouse care more, if you can make your children care more, if you could make your customers care more, your coworkers care more, your boss care more, if you could make your community care more, your country care more, you're going to win friends and influence people. Who said that? Hmm. It's the Dale Carnegie. Warren Buffett, Dale Carnegie, Andrew Stanton, communication, winning friends, influencing people, speaking your truth, being more dynamic, being more charismatic, being more effective, making more money, earning more friends, being happier at home, or Bueller, Bueller. How about this? Kim Garst, author of the book, which is a great book, Will a Real You Please Stand Up? Great book. Will a Real You Please Stand Up? She says about passion. I love the word passion because I consider myself a highly passionate person. Like, this is why I love it because you can take any topic and I'll never be like, eh, I can go either way. I mean, this could be my best quality or my worst quality, but I am not a fence sitter. I am not a, uh, whatever. I mean, you, you take any topic and throw it at me. I can articulate a passionate defense or a passionate plea for or against it either way because I just, that's the way I am. So I'm a, I'm a person that deals with passion. I dance with passion. I coach with passion. I speak with passion. Other things with passion. <laughs> she says, Kim Gar says, authentic passion energizes and when you feel passionate, you can't help but take action. It becomes a natural outpouring. I love that word, outpouring of what you believe in and what you feel you must do. It's what drives you. Think about that. How many people do you know that just their life force is gone? They're not passionate anymore. They're done. Gone. You're like, what happened with you? Where are you? When I talk about something, it's called the Ruach. It's your spirit. So Ruach is the Hebrew word 
for the breath of life. And it's, it's everything that's creative in you. It's everything that's passionate in you. It's everything that lights you up. You know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about that flame. It's, it's characterized by a flame, a fire. That's not by accident. Where's your life force? And I see so many people, I'm talking to you especially, we know those young people out there, those millennials, they, they want to do something. They have all that energy. But man, the people that my heart really goes out to are the, are the people who are in midlife crises right now who say, I, 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 I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing what I want to do. This is, this is not the life that I, that I had planned for myself. It's not the road I wanted to go down. I'm depressed or I'm just unfulfilled. I feel like I had my chance and I missed it. And I'm telling you, no, that's not the case. Remember, there's always the reinvention process. We're always in the process of reinventing ourselves. Remember that first quote, understanding and identifying any gaps between your current reality and where you want to be is critical to beginning your reinvention process. We reinvent ourselves by speaking, speaking up. We speak up to ourselves. We speak up to our community. We speak up for the things that we want. It's very easy. If you don't speak up, you don't get what you want. Just like that quote. Hey, you're bringing me stuff at this dinner table that I didn't order. So if you're, if you're going through a career mid, uh, um, a, a midlife crisis or, or a career change, and you're saying, hey, you know what? This is not what I ordered. This is not what I dreamt about when I was a kid. What do you do? You tell the waiter, hey, pardon me. I don't want this. Take it back. You speak up. You don't just sit there and say, well, I'll eat it anyway. This isn't what I wanted. And you know people like that. You know people that they're served the wrong thing, and you know they don't want it, but what do they do? Uh, I don't want to bother the waiter, so I'll just eat what I paid for, even though I don't like it. That's not what we do. So in Speak Up, we talk about body language. We talk about how we can communicate with our face. You can't see me right now, but trust me, I'm breaking a sweat here in the studio, even though you can't see me and there's no camera. I'm animated. I talk with my hands. My face has been changing. Whether the camera's on or not, I am the same person. Sometimes I like to tell jokes. Sometimes I like to be serious. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I get a little animated and I, and I raise my voice. Where do you want to go? And will you speak up? How do you want to reinvent yourself? Maybe you like where you are, but like, I need to go to the next level. I need some practice. Well, where are you going to practice? Where will you practice? Let me ask you a question. Where are you practicing public speaking? even if it's online, where you're getting feedback, where you're getting not only feedback from an instructor, but feedback from three or four other people in class with you, live feedback, positive and negative feedback, the good stuff and the stuff that's tough to digest. 
Where are you getting that? If you're not getting the people online, if you're in sales, if you're in network marketing, if you're in social retail, if you're an influencer and you're not getting the responses you need, where are you going to practice? Where are you getting the reps? If you're a baseball player, you go out to the batting cages. If you're a golfer, you go to the driving range. If you're in the influencer game or if you're in the public speaking game, where are you going to get your reps? That's why I created Speak Up. I'll finish with this. A lot of the things I talk about in Speak Up is finding your identity. Most people that come in don't even know. So if you're one of those people that go, I want to take it, but I don't know why. I don't know where I'm going. That's okay. We're trying to find your identity, where your passion lies. Where is your passion? And we talk about things like, what kind of culture are you building on your team? If you lead people and you're a leader, what kind of culture are you building? Because your personality has everything to do with that, trust me. In my workbook, there's a guy named John Cullison, and he says he's the founder of, um, he's the co-founder of Stripe, and he says, culture is what happens when the CEO isn't in the room, meaning you are developing a culture. And while you're there, you may have it, but is it infecting the members of your team? Are you encouraging your teammates to speak up? If you're running a network marketing company or a network marketing team or a social retail team, or if you're running a sales force of any kind, or even a school or your household, and the people aren't responding to you, guess what? You're not building the right culture. You're not dynamic enough. You're not infiltrating their hearts and minds with your passion and your personality. Got to be a leader. More importantly, let's take it back to our communities and our families, what's going on right now. My golden rule is go with what you know. Because when you go with what you know, you can't mess up. It's who you are. It's what you do. If we go back to meta-perception, we're overthinking it too much. If you've been a mom for years, then you know how to be a mom. If you've been a leader for years, you know how to be a leader. You can take those qualities and put them into other things. You could take a mom or a dad and turn them into a leader. They've been leading in some way. They just got to know how that relates to what they're doing now. Go with what you know. Go with what you know, and, and my second golden rule is say yes to things even when you're scared. Go with what you know, and then say yes even when you're scared or unsure. I've spent the better part of my adult life saying yes to things that I'd have to figure out. Will you marry me? Yes. Angelique's like, have you ever married somebody? No, but I'll figure it out. Will you host this show? Yes. Have you ever hosted a show? No, but I'll figure it out. Will you open this event and speak in front of 15,000 people? Yes. Have you ever spoken 50, in front of 15,000 people? No, but I'll do it anyway. Ladies running for governor of California, she wants you to come out and speak on behalf of dads and families. Have you ever spoke at a convention? No, not like that. Not a, not a political convention, but I'll figure it out. Hundreds of times in my life where I was scared as hell, 
And I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. But I said yes. And what that did is it, it put it out there. I had to figure it out anyway. So let's finish this up with one of my favorite communicators. In my course, I always say we could study two people, two kinds of people whose careers, livelihoods depend on winning over audiences. Who are they? Comedians and pastors. If you're a comedian and you're not good in front of the audience and you can't tell a story, you're not going to be a comedian for very long. And if you're a pastor of a church and you can't communicate and capture your audience and move people into action with your stories and with your words and your body language, then you're probably not going to have a church for very long. How do we communicate? Well, Pastor Mark Driscoll, and I, and I say it, and I, if you heard it, I'm going to say it again. He says, there's two kinds of teachers. There's knowledge teachers and there's love teachers. He says, knowledge teachers puff up. And it goes like this. I'm so smart. And if you listen to me, you can all be smart like me. And then we'll all be a smarter, a little bit smarter and not like those stupid people. Does that sound like anybody you know? People who just puff up. I know everything. You should be more like me. And look at those stupid people over there. Those are knowledge teachers. And he says, then there's love teachers. And love teachers build up. Oof. Does that make sense? They build up. And here's how he relates it. He says, and this goes right into, like he's speaking this in front of the church, but this goes right to the heart of business. Think about it. In your business, your job is to transfer, transfer knowledge and communicate with people about your product. And how do we do that with information? If you have this cell phone, this is what size it is. This is how many megabytes it is or whatever it is. There, there's a certain space specs to that cell phone. Certain things that make it better than another cell phone. There's information, whatever your product is. And if you just spew information, you're not going to win people over. You're just not. Annette Simmons, she's the author uh, of, of a book that I think is fantastic. And I think it's whoever tells the best story wins. I think that's the book. Yep. And, and I remember this quote verbatim. She's like, we're all up to our eyeballs in information. We're up to our eyeballs in information. We don't, we don't need more information. What, what we need is we need is faith, faith in you, faith in your product, faith in what you do. And that made a lot of sense to me. I'm a big believer in communicating faith in a person, in their product, in their company. And she says, once you've tapped into the powerful force of faith, making your story their story, then bam, their success. Pastor Mark Driscoll says, information in the context of a loving relationship is what equals transformation. Knowledge by itself, if it's just, here's my product, take it or leave it. This is what it does. Not that successful. 
information in the context of a loving relationship. Now, what does that mean in a business term? Well, that means trust. That means honesty. That means we have some type of rapport here. You like my personality. You've grown to trust me. The things I say are true. Information then about my product in the context of that relationship equals a transformation. It's the same thing with your kids. If you tell your kids, brush your teeth, that's information, right? Brush your teeth. Why though, dad? Well, so you won't get cavities, so you won't have tooth decay, so you'll have nice teeth that'll last you for your life. It's because I love you, son, or because I love you, daughter, and I want you to be happy and I want you to be pain-free. Eat your vegetables. Why eat my vegetables, dad? Well, if I just give you information because this has this much riboflavin in it or this much vitamin C in it, my six-year-old's like, big deal. Well, sweetheart, it'll make you healthy. It'll give you energy. It'll keep your immune system up. And more importantly, it's because I love you. And I want all those things in your life to come to you. And I want you to, I want you to be happy. And I want you to have energy. And I don't want to see you, I don't want to see you sick. So we have to use our words and our personality to connect. And, and more importantly, and this is the sad part, because we're in such a hot political climate right now and the world is going a little bit crazy, maybe it's easiest to understand this in a political sense. Think about politicians right now. It's not a very good thought. Talking about information and knowledge puffing up or love building up. Pastor Driscoll asked, do you use your words to connect with people or to control people? Hmm. Are your favorite politicians or the people, maybe not your favorite, but the ones that are <laughs> the ones that are running your, your town, your, your state or your country? Are they using their words to connect with you or are they using their words to control you? Because Mark, Pastor Mark says, if you use your words to connect with people, then you'll have a relationship. If you use your words to control people, you won't. I think that's really easy to see right now. And it's a scary time because there's a lot of politicians out there that are using their words to control people and they're not connecting. They're missing the mark with their, with their community. And it doesn't seem like they care. And what does that in turn happen? We dislike them. We distrust them. So whether it's your government or your business or in your house, we understand that we need to use our words to connect. We need to use our words with love. We need to use our body language with passion, our words our energy, our facial expressions, even our pauses. Even our pauses have meaning. Even our pauses and our tone can be powerful. So it's time to get out of your head, kick meta-perception to the curb. It's time to reinvent yourself. And whether it's your home or your business or your country, guys, it's time to speak up.